It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hate to say it, but the Bears' win over the Vikings started a quarterback controversy. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're recapping the Bears' Week 4 win over the Minnesota Vikings, looking at the quarterback situation that I'm sure will be developing all week, plus a dominant defensive performance that is going to get ultimately a little bit overlooked in terms of the storylines coming out of this game. But we'll also take a peek at the injury situation that wildly kind of threw everything off and had kind of changed our expectations for this game and ultimately didn't play as big of a factor in this game as it could have, but still something we need to keep an eye on moving forward. Six plays into the game, Mitchell Trubisky scrambles out of the pocket to the left and is brought down by Daniil Hunter. Trubisky wheels around, has a Viking on him, slips out of that and loses the ball. Scooped up by the Vikings. Griffin, Everson Griffin with the recovery. Knocked out of his hands by Daniil Hunter. And Trubisky is banged up on that play. Trubisky heads to the bench and now they'll bring in Chase Daniel at quarterback. What a turn of events. Trubisky gets twisted as the ball comes out, and he landed awkwardly with his arm extended, his left arm. That shoulder area a concern. After the game, Matt Nagy didn't have any concrete updates on Trubisky's injury status, only that it is a left shoulder injury. You saw him on the sideline during the game with a sling on, which isn't a good sign with how quickly they ruled him out. So we're not going to speculate too much on the long-term aspects of how long he may or may not be out, but I would guess that probably next week in Oakland is doubtful at best. So potentially going to see some more Chase Daniel no matter what, but obviously some real concerns when Daniel comes into the game and generally speaking, runs the offense much more effectively than we had seen with Mitchell Trubisky in the game. And what that does for me is eliminate a lot of the other question marks, the, well, uh, the excuses, the, well, Mitchell Trubisky didn't have this. He didn't have that. So once those things get better, maybe Trubisky can be better in the offense, but you took a, a different quarterback and plugged him in a very similar situation than Trubisky faced. 
and the offense had much more rhythm to it, much more flow, and enough success to be able to hold off the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Chase Daniel did get better offensive line play in terms of pass protection on the whole than Mitchell Trubisky had had through his first three games. But for example, like left tackle Charles Leno really struggled against Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin on that left side of the offensive line. So it was not perfect pass protection, but I will grant you that it was better than what Mitchell Trubisky had, but it was still at times an obstacle for Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel also didn't really have a very consistent running game. They went with it, but you're still talking less than three yards per carry for David Montgomery and and Tariq Cohen offering you very little in the running game as well. It was very similar situation for Chase Daniel as Mitchell Trubisky, and the offense was much more smooth. Daniel took care of the ball. He went through progressions. He was able to hit some players on the intermediate and deep areas, but also just did a good job of taking what the defense gave him, keep the offense alive, and take care of the ball. I'm looking forward to being able to rewatch this because I I do think that first drive in particular was the key to the whole game when the Bears really opened things up, drove all the way down, and still got a touchdown even after Chase Daniel came in the game. It was really an impressive display from this offense. And then from that point on, they were able to get field goals, but even Chase Daniel admitted after the game, as things went on, they went into much more of a conservative game plan, particularly in the fourth quarter. He said that, The offense underperformed in the third, and they were trying still to be a little bit more aggressive and and were struggling, but he said in the fourth quarter, it was much more take care of the ball, run the ball, control the clock, and play the field position game. So you can kind of, even Matt Nagy said, you can kind of throw some of that out when you're evaluating this offense. But when we did see them go full steam ahead in this offense, it was better with Chase Daniel in the game. And after three weeks of seeing Mitchell Trubisky do it and one game of seeing Chase Daniel do it, he looks like the better quarterback for this offense and for this team right now with a defense like this, with weapons like this, to just take care of the ball, take what the defense gives you, and keep the offense in games. Obviously, Chase Daniel has limitations, right? I mean, you did see it in that third quarter to some extent that there are times that he's not going to be able to step up and make the huge throws downfield all the time. He doesn't have the arm talent Mitchell Trubisky has. He doesn't have the mobility Mitchell Trubisky has. And those are valuable traits that can separate quarterbacks in terms of ability. But what Chase Daniel has is consistency, confidence, and poise in this offense to keep the ship moving, avoid mistakes, and, and and let his playmakers make plays. He wasn't missing nearly as many of the easy throws that we'll see Trubisky miss. He wasn't putting the ball in harm's way the way Trubisky has even last season and carried over into this season. And like I said, it's, it's more of a fit in the offense of where this team is right now that separates Chase Daniel and is what makes this a true quarterback controversy. Because if you can give Chase Daniel a lead and play with a very, very strong defense, he can win you a lot of football games. He's not the guy you want to have to rely on for 16-game seasons and be your regular starter. But based on what we've seen from Mitchell Trubisky in this offense and what we've seen from Chase Daniel in the exact same position in the same offense, Chase Daniel is giving the Chicago Bears a better chance to win football games right now than Mitchell Trubisky. And it's kind of a shame because that whole quarterback change really did kind of dominate the storyline over what was a dominant defensive performance that really delivered the victory. 
And delivering victory is exactly what you get from DoorDash. DoorDash brings your favorite restaurants to you in minutes. Ordering is super easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national chains. I love having it for work especially. You know, if, you know, if I don't bring a lunch from home or I'm in a hurry and I just want to get something to be able to eat at the office, I just open up the app, can keep plugging away, and have my food brought right to me. Right now, Locked On Bears listeners can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your next meal when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter that promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. A nice meal can always provide a good boost to your day, but if you really want to get that extra confidence when it counts, then you need to try Blue Chew. Now that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can always be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so you don't have to deal with going to the doctors or the pharmacy or dealing with any of that awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. You just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. The Bears' defense was certainly better and faster than the Vikings on Sunday, really establishing their dominance once again. And it's it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's almost hard to like talk about because what more can you say about this group? They just continue to dominate in different ways. And now with the injuries that we'll definitely get into in a little bit here, just different players plugging in and picking up where other guys leave off and not even having a, a big transition or, or drop-off there, and it really was all three levels. I mean, I think first and foremost in this game, absolute dominance from Eddie Goldman above anybody else. And if you listen to our Crossover Wednesday podcast with Luke from Locked on Vikings heading into this game, you could kind of know that that was coming. Right? We talked about some of the struggles that Garrett Bradbury has had, the Viking center, but even Pat Elfline and Josh Klein on that interior haven't been particularly solid this year. So we knew Eddie Goldman would be in store for a big game. Maybe not quite that that big. I mean, he didn't get the sacks or the big, big plays, but he was unmovable on the interior. Really just a force that could not be interrupted in this game. I mean, it was really impressive. He set up so many of those plays by Danny Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski to just flow down, pick, wait for Eddie Goldman to cement himself in and just move around him, make the tackle and hold Dalvin Cook to his 40 yards rushing in the game. I mean, it really was start and finish. 
I guess start with Eddie Goldman, finish with the linebackers. But I mean, the defensive success started with Eddie Goldman. And maybe overall, it finished with Khalil Mack doing Khalil Mack things the way we've known Khalil Mack to do Khalil Mack things. And the forced fumbles, you know, I pointed this out on Twitter during the game. It's so impressive the way that when he gets loose to the quarterback, he attacks the ball first. Like, he's not trying to tackle the quarterback right away. That is not his first move. You know, like, a lot of guys, you go for the legs, and then if you can kind of pull at the ball a little bit here and there, or somebody else can pull at the ball, that's great. But priority number one, bring him down. But that's not priority number one for Khalil Mack. The hand is always looking for the the throwing arm, and more specifically, the ball. Because he knows he can even tackle the quarterback by the arm. You know, like, it's not like he's avoiding the tackle. He just knows that is going to be the most effective way for him to tackle. I mean, he could deliver a huge hit or he could wrap up the quarterback and throw him down and do all those things. But he knows if he's coming, the first thing he can reach out and touch is that arm and disrupt the pass first and foremost, and then get the ball, force a turnover and make an even bigger play for his defense than just getting the sack. So of course we see Khalil Mack go completely unblockable mode you know, one-on-one, not a chance. Double teams, he was splitting and getting the quarterbacks. I mean, they showed a play where four guys at one point were giving Khalil Mack attention. It was like the left tackle, the left guard, and then the center came over and helped, and the tight end had helped. Or it was either tight end or running back, but they had four guys helping to try and stop Khalil Mack, which is just t- textbook why you trade for that guy. But then your other linemen getting in there and taking advantage of all that attention Khalil Mack has had Roy Robertson Harris winning his one-on-ones on his way for a couple of sacks. Defensive tackle Nick Williams really stepping in for Akeem Hicks and thriving. You know, an underrated name on this defensive line that continues to just make play after play each week, holding up really strong in the running game the way Goldman did, but also keeping that motor going in as a pass rusher and getting to the quarterback and bringing guys down. And you, you see Nick Kwiatkowski get to the quarterback on some really impressive pass rushes. Even Danny Trevathan getting a little bit of pressure in there on the blitz as well. And just a a really impressive showing overall by that front seven. A lot of guys getting in there. A lot of guys making plays. Even even Leonard Floyd was getting some some hurries, right? He wasn't he wasn't getting to the quarterback. He wasn't terrorizing Kirk Cousins. And they did drop Floyd into coverage a little bit more than normal and trying to bring different looks to try and confuse the the Vikings offensive line, but still a little bit of Floyd action in there. Aaron Lynch had some pressures in there. Even Isaiah Irving was in the game and did a little bit in some different opportunities, but uh, a collective brilliance from much of this front seven. I thought Kwiatkowski played particularly well. I mean, obviously you saw some of the plays he made, but coming down in the running game and being the aggressive player that he is and, and being able to kind of step up, take on blocks and just work downhill impressively and and for all the criticism he gets in coverage right that's sort of the the go-to criticism is like well he can play the run he can he can rush the passer but he's not very good in coverage I think that's a little bit overblown he's not great in coverage I'm not trying to say he is very good but I do think there are very few linebackers that are truly great in coverage and I wouldn't say that he was noticeably worse than you know, Kevin Pierre-Lewis or Danny Trevathan in this game, or even, you know, what we've seen from Roquan Smith in coverage so far. All the Bears linebackers have been pretty frequently targeted because there haven't been a lot of opportunities against the cornerbacks and safeties. Like, you look in this game, Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis both targeted five times. Both One allowed four catches, one allowed five. 
for 22 and 20 yards, respectively. So it was almost the exact same targets, catches, yards on the same number of coverage snaps for Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Nick Kwiatkowski. So it wasn't as though one was giving them a lot more in coverage. Dan two targets, two catches, 25 yards, both to Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And like we saw Kwiatkowski step up and make a big tackle on a screen pass as well. So he has some of the instincts in coverage. He just doesn't have the sideline to sideline speed. And that is going to be a limitation of his, but you can also live with that and still get starting quality linebacker play from Kwiatkowski and just a a super valuable asset for them to have to be able to come off the bench. Because really those guys in the front seven made the game plan simple, right? Shut down the Vikings running game, force Kirk Cousins to beat you with his arm. And once the pass rush started getting, that went out the window. And it really was a a pretty smooth formula to success, right? I think they may have taken the foot off the gas a little bit in the second half. And the Vikings did some things to adjust to try and neutralize some of the pass rush, try and get the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands a little bit quicker. And they were able to drive down and, and put points on the board like you saw. But No complaints whatsoever about this Bears defensive performance, especially in light of all the injuries like we touched on a little bit there. We'll look ahead of the future without some of these starters on both sides of the ball next on Locked On Bears. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. For the second week in a row, the Chicago Bears get a surprise game day inactive with Roquan Smith not able to go for personal reasons. And even after the game, Matt Nagy said he's not going to elaborate on any of those personal reasons. You know, someone asked, is it the kind of thing that's, is it just a one game thing or could this personal reasons thing last longer? And even that. Matt Nagy wouldn't, he just said, I'm just going to leave it at personal things. It's a personal thing Roquan Smith is dealing with, and that's all we know. Now, like, maybe by the time you listen to to this podcast, maybe more information will come out. That could very well be true for Mitchell Trubisky as well. But the time I'm recording it, we still don't know why Roquan Smith didn't play. Now, media members had said that they saw him at some point in the game on the sideline with his teammates, you know, obviously not in uniform because he was inactive, but I don't know if he was on the sideline for the entire game. It wasn't until I think at least the second quarter when I remember seeing the first tweet about Roquan Smith being on the sideline. So perhaps he wasn't there at the start of the game and was able to rejoin the team a certain amount of time through the game. And then, you know, just they had to make him an active, but, but, you know, had he been able to get there sooner, maybe he could have played. I mean, it's all speculation at this point. The fact that he did show up to the stadium and the game would seem to be a positive sign that he could be back to the team next week or at least sooner rather than later. Like, as compared to if he had not even showed up to the game, we would have no idea, but at least, you know, he showed up and wasn't in an obvious cast or you know, injury situation or something. It does seem to be some kind of personal reason, but they also didn't necessarily miss him too much 
on the field, right? We just talked about how Nick Kwiatkowski played such a strong game and they rotated Kevin Pierre-Lewis in quite a bit with Kwiatkowski as well. And, and he was able to hold his own out there and make a few plays and, you know, some, some key tackles in some key situations. So the Bears feel pretty good about their inside linebacker depth. Uh, Joel E.A. Booneyway, I believe, was banged up a little bit either during the game or heading into the game. The Bears have six inside linebackers on the roster for a reason. They have some real depth there. So I, I wouldn't expect... I mean, as much as you, you want Roquan Smith to be on the field as much as possible. He's one of your best young defensive players. But as far as a position and a player that you could maybe afford to be without at this time, I think they're okay. And you just kind of wish the best for Roquan with whatever it is in, in his life or whatever personal reasons he's dealing with. I think we were all much more concerned about the lack of Akeem Hicks and the lack of Bilal Nichols. But man, defensive line coach Jay Rogers just continues to pump out and develop defensive line talent in a way that is so underrated and so impressive. I mean, guys like Abdullah Anderson, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent from last year out of Bucknell, steps up and plays really well in the rotation. We even saw some of that last week. And Jonathan Harris comes in off the practice squad, a current undrafted rookie free agent from Lindenwood. Two schools that I could not tell you what state in the United States either one of those schools is in. I would guess Bucknell is somewhere in the south, but honestly, I have no idea. I have not Googled it. I do not know where geographically either of those schools are located. And Nick Williams, a guy who's been in the NFL for like six years, but has totally bounced around the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Dolphins and came to the Bears last offseason and has kind of been this rotational guy who can step in and just play consistent snaps on your defensive line. And of course, the conversion of Roy Robertson Harris from outside linebacker to stud breakout defensive lineman. And then Bilal Nichols, when he was healthy last year, as a fifth round pick stepping in and taking over the starting lineup. So much defensive line talent has been developed on this team. We thought it would be a weakness with Hicks out and Bilal Nichols out against a team that wanted to run the ball and thought maybe they could have some success running the ball against backups and undrafted rookie free agents. And yet the Bears dominated that matchup in the trenches. So as much as there would be reasons to be concerned about defensive starters missing time with injuries, they really stepped up and proved it against the Vikings. And I don't know that, you know, a team like Oakland next week scares you a ton more, at least in the offensive line department. Uh, you know, Oakland was able to have a pretty good day against Indianapolis, but I think the Bears will feel pretty good heading into that game. And I'm not getting too far ahead of myself here, but, you know, defensive injuries, a concern, but not a, not a you know, it's, it's always a concern, but not an over-the-top concern at this point, just with how well the defensive depth has played. But then offensively, you know, we saw Kyle Long out, and Ted Larson fills in at right guard. And I thought Ted Larson did a fine job. At, you know, he was the, the reliable veteran that, you know, you can count on. Wasn't perfect. Wasn't a guy that you necessarily want to have to start all the time. I think he's a borderline starting quality guard in the NFL at this stage in his career. Can play center as well, but borderline starter quality, which is still better than what we've seen from Kyle Long this season, and maybe this hip injury is playing a bigger role in Long's struggles than we thought, but the hip injury wasn't a part of the injury report 
in week one, and I'm not sure if it was there in week two or not, but he was struggling before this hip became apparently known. So that's that's a little bit of a different discussion, but Larson playing well, filling in there, and then Rashad Coward had to step in and fill in for Larson, who was injured during the game, and Larson came back, and Coward played pretty well. It was, it was a very small sample size for him, so I, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say, but for a guy very inexperienced on the offensive line to step in at right guard, a position he hasn't played a ton, and, and to be able to at least hold his own and, and not be totally overwhelmed at that spot, obviously uh, a positive sign there. And Javon Wims stepping in for Taylor Gabriel, who had a concussion, and Wims continuing to do Javon Wims things. I mean, all the impressive plays we saw in the preseason starting to translate when they give him those opportunities. And actually, Javon Wims ended up playing more snaps in this game than Allen Robinson. I mean, he played the most snaps of any wide receiver, 66 plays. He played more total snaps than Chase Daniel in two more plays than Daniel and five more plays than Allen Robinson in terms of the rotation here. Great play down the right sideline, the double move he put on Trey Waynes. Perfect placement from Chase Daniel, too. Impressive. That might have been their longest passing play of the game in terms of air yards. Yes, that was their longest passing play of the game. And it was Wims winning vertically. You know, he won a little bit underneath here and there, able to use his size. But that double move just running by a cornerback with good route running and good enough mobility. I mean, obviously not a burner, but a guy who is able to win and add some more dimensions to this offense. I think we were all hoping for a little bit more from Anthony Miller with uh, Taylor Gabriel out of the lineup, but Miller only getting 43 snaps, but not a lot of balls thrown his way. And, you know, still getting other guys involved in the offense. Some snaps for Cordero Patterson, a lot of tight end usage. That was one thing I noticed with, with Chase Daniel in the game. We saw more two tight ends, more Shaheen, more Burton, getting both of those guys involved. And even J.P. Holtz, the former Washington tight end, really kind of came in as he's the now the number three tight end. You know, move over Ben Broniker, it's J.P. Holtz. Broniker didn't play at all, and Holtz was in there for 16 snaps and played quite a bit of fullback as well. So some different versatility options from him. Cornelius Lucas, the backup offensive tackle, played eight snaps at tight end for that heavy package. So doing some different things, trying to get some different players in there. Injuries obviously playing a role in that. And of course, the quarterback injury, like we talked about at the top. It's going to be a situation to monitor. I'm I'm guessing we'll see Trubisky at least go through the bye week on the bench. And I'm guessing for a lot of these guys that are iffy, you know, on the defensive line as well, that maybe if you really feel like you needed them next week against Oakland, maybe you could push somebody back and get them back in there. But I think with it being in London, with the bye week immediately following, I'm guessing we're going to see a similar Bears lineup in London that we saw in Chicago on Sunday, take the bye week to kind of recover and get as close to full strength as you can for the New Orleans Saints afterward. But we're not going to let ourselves get too far ahead. We're not going to overlook the Raiders coming off of a win. We'll be breaking them down this week on the podcast. We'll have crossover Wednesday with Q from Locked On Raiders who you would have last heard from on this podcast when the Bears traded for Khalil Mack. I know he was devastated at the time, and he he is just a great radio professional, a great personality. You, you may have heard him voice some of the advertisements on this podcast as well if you haven't heard him before. Q is great, and our conversation on Wednesday, I am already looking forward to. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Of course, we appreciate it if you tell a fellow Bears fan about the show. That's one of the best ways you can help us bring you more great content. 
For now, you can celebrate Victory Monday, the monsters of the midway really leading the way with Chuck Pagano's crew in it. It just, it's so fun to watch, and I know it just makes you want to bear down. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 